Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Boost Mobile. More power to save with plans starting as low as $15 a month. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. By OxyPow. Get our all-natural hand sanitizers and deodorizers for your equipment at OxyPow.com. Behind the mask, whether on ice or in line, we are the Valley Headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Buy M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and find out which M-Drive is right for your lifestyle. And buy summer skates. Get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. It's Monday night. It's time to talk professional hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight, beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from Southern California, I presume. Rob, how are you? I am well, Scott. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful day. It was about 70 degrees. Now it's a little chilly. It's under 60. It's about 55 degrees, 57 degrees here in Culver City. Nice. Um, big things happening in the AHL next to you. The Firebirds yeah. unveiled those jerseys for their inaugural season. Not only did they unveil their jerseys, which are pretty sweet, by the way, uh, they also have a live camera feed to show the progress in the arena. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. So, so it is being built. It is progressing. It is progressing. They have uh, steel beams up uh, and everything as – uh, the cranes are working hard, and uh, it's looking like uh, – remember the days when you were taking pictures of the ASU arena? <laughs> right. The steel girders, and you got excited? That's the way it feels in the Coachella. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, the jerseys are, are very sharp. I think they're, uh, they're a hit. They're going to be a big hit. Um, it, so – from what I read, and you have to tell us how you get to that that feed because I, I don't see it on – is it on their webpage itself? It's not on the uh, Seattle News? No, it's on the CoachellaValleyArena.com. Okay. So so your estimation, are they going to have it ready by September? Not, not September, but they say late, opening late 2022. So it will be one of these situations where, like the Islanders probably, where they started on a long road trip. And then they'll uh, open up the arena late uh, 2022. So to me, that's November, December of 2022. Yeah, well, that's that's way better than I thought. I was I was getting a little worried. I didn't know how they were going to get that done. But um, one of the things it says in the article, uh, it says Kraken prospects get to pull on the new jersey in their brand new arena under construction, yes. along with the inhabiting a state of the art training center, which are both on track for next year's team debut. Yes, yes. That's uh, like I said, late 2022. They're uh, anticipating the opening of the arena. It's going to be a multi-purpose arena. There's going to have concerts there. Uh, it's going to have luxury suites. It's going to be really nice arena. From what it seems like, you know, from what I'm reading and piecing together from what they're showing, uh, it could be, you know, you know, rival uh, in the hockey world to SoFi in the football world. Really? That's uh, yeah, that's cool. How many seats does it say for hockey? Have you heard? I have not heard how many seats it has for hockey. Uh, let me see if the uh, it says the largest concert venue, uh, future home. It doesn't say how many seats though, but it talks about premium seats. Uh, there's like ninety four, uh, nine hundred seventy, uh, VI club area seats are available. Uh, so, uh. It's happening. It's happening more than we thought it was happening. And <laughs> That's good news because I was really exciting. getting worried for a while. Um, 
so that that that's the new Kraken affiliate. We know uh, Joey Decord, the uh, former Sun Devil, uh, has been going back and forth between the uh, shared affiliate in uh, Carolina um, with the uh, the Seattle uh, Kraken as well. So who knows? We may see Joey spend some time in Coache- Coachella Valley as part of the uh, Firebirds um, roster. But neat that that's uh, that's got me fired up. I tell you that right now. Uh, well, me too. If I if I have a chance to see Joey Decord live, I'm going to be going out to Palm Springs uh, a lot more than I anticipated. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's exciting just to, to see that that's going on. Um, not so exciting news. Uh, a suspension again. Uh, a racism issue. I don't know how much you saw that, and and I don't want to uh, beleaguer the point um, and beat it into the ground, but I, you know. I don't get these guys. I really don't. I mean, have we not gotten over this yet? No, no. Uh, as I was looking into it more and more, uh, I look back on past occurrences that have happened. One happened the night before that nobody's talking about. And that was in the, uh, a, a, the American Hockey League for San Jose. Uh, I don't know if you've even heard about that. It's just uh, the San Jose forward, Christoph Hirabic was suspended for 30 games after he made a racist gesture towards ba- Boko Amama of the Tucson Roadrunners. In a giant- yeah, yeah that, that's the one I was talking about because uh, things have happened today in the ECHL with yeah. the, um, Jordan Subban right. where right. Um, a player was suspended for doing the same type of racist things. And apparently, and I haven't seen this yet, this is just coming from uh, NHL Network Radio, um, apparently the guy that, uh, was accused of it, uh, came out with like a two and a half minute, uh, video saying that he was not making a racist gesture. Right. He was making the, the weightlifter right. gesture, the tough uh, guy gesture. And, you know, and, and it's interesting cause, uh, I was watching NHL network and watching the stuff about this. I saw Su- uh, Subban, PK Subban speak last night after the devil's game. Uh, so uh, I was watching today just to see the reaction uh, from his press conference, and I saw the the uh, the press con- the two two and a half minute speech by uh, by uh, Panetta, uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and you know, and, and it made me think. It's like, was he? I didn't see the actual video of his gesture, but. I know there's plenty of guys that make the tough guy gesture after a fight or if two guys get together. It's not uncommon. Uh, in, the, uh, la- in, two- in 2021, uh, there was another incident that happened uh, in the Ukrainian Hockey League where uh, Dennis Kim was suspended 13 games for acting like an ape, truly acting like an ape, not doing the tough guy. So it's... You know, I, like I said, I didn't see the video. I hope the video is not as damning as, as everybody's making it out to be because I'm reading Twitter and the fans that were at the game were appalled. So to me, it seems like it was more of a racist gesture than he expected it to be taken as, definitely, but more than he even imagined it was because the people at the arena were, were appalled by it. Well, and you know, here here's what it comes down to, I guess, uh, in – in this day and age, um, how do I say this politically correct? Um, racism is is something like if if you're black and you're offended by what somebody did to you uh, from another race, a white or whatever, um, it's how you took it. If you took it to be a racist gesture, right. Right. then that's kind of what people go by, right? I mean, that's kind of the standard. Right. So it's not, you know... It, I don't know. I, I just think it, it was, it, at the very least, it was in very bad taste, uh, knowing knowing the climate. Right. Um, and and I'm all for second chances and things like that. But, I mean, I don't know where you draw the line with this stuff. I mean, you just got to start using common sense, don't you? Well, you, you know, if, there were, if people use common sense, then nothing would happen wrong in the world. That's the unfortunate <laughs> part. There's not enough common sense being used. <laughs> You know, if you drive the street, the, the roads of California, Southern California, you know common sense is not used. So <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, but, you know, this is already the first month of 2022, and this is the second 
known incident, the Jordan Subban and the AHL one. So it's not getting better. And the problem is, is not just at the AHL level, the NHL level, it's the lower levels. How many are happening that are not reported? Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. And it, it should be a it should become a non-issue. People should right. just just like you say, like like I said, just uh, you know, use common sense and go about treat treat people the way you want to be treated, and all this stuff wouldn't be happening. But you're 100 percent right, Rob. I mean, when I was uh, driving, and part of the reason why Arizona drove me crazy was the drivers there are are just terrible right um you know i mean it's a state where i and i joke with everybody about this i say it's a state where on the roads everybody's got to be first but everywhere else you finish last (laughs) Uh, good good good, uh analogy there (laughs) so so let me tell you this if all of the sports teams in arizona had as much energy as the drivers um, there'd be a lot of a lot of world championships and national championships and all that going on uh, because that that's what I see on the roads and uh, I thought it was just me until I got to Colorado and all of a sudden I'm going like hey these people don't do that I mean they, it's not like you you know the thing that drives me crazy and I'm off the track a little bit on this one but when when you turn your blinker on in Arizona it's like it's it's the welcome sign to blast around me right or left it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, that that's like, oh, you want me to go around you as fast as I can? Uh, no, I wanted to go in that lane. Well, I thought that was just me, but now that I'm in in Colorado, I turn a blinker on, and guess what? People let me go the lane I need to go to, uh, <laughs> and I let them go to where they want to go. It, it it works like it's supposed to work. So, uh, you know, it, it's common sense. Unfortunate uh, that it keeps happening, and um, hopefully we're going to start to to narrow this stuff down because it seems like it goes in one ear and out the other for some people. Well, uh, I'm going to liken it to one of the news facts that I had for, about the NHL, and hopefully this will not be such a story, and you won't have to preface it by saying first female to be assistant GM. Yeah. Hopefully we become everyday, everyday language, everyday co- conversation of, oh, you know, Jane Smith was just hired as as the general manager of so and so, and it won't even have to be prefaced by female. It'll be just common sense that everybody's right for a job. If if the right can, if you're a right candidate and you're a woman, then hire her. You know, just like if you know if you come across someone that is not the same as you, treat them with the same respect you want to be treated. You know, just again, common sense. Yeah, and I think the scary part of it is some of these people want to be treated the way that they treat people. <laughs> if you know what I mean, I think they just they they just get out of hand. And uh, anyway, I, I wanted to get off the soapbox on that, but I thought it was uh, something we need to bring up again because clearly people are not getting it, and yeah. they need to start getting it. And the more times that they hear it, maybe it'll sink in sometime. If we can affect one person, uh, right. I think that would be a positive a positive move. So. Anyway, um, more more sad news as uh, it seems like every single show we have sad news to report. This one, Clark Gillies, um, you being from New York, um, but you don't have to be from New York. Everybody everybody knows Clark Gillies. I mean, he's one of the best captains ever to captain a hockey team on Long Island and um, apparently was sick for a little while and, and kept it pretty well hidden from everybody. Yeah. Um, passed away at the age of 67 the other day. He was the prototypical power forward. I mean, he made his name playing with Bossy and Trache, and then he ended up playing with Butch Goring and uh, and Dwayne Sutter. And I was watching NHL Network again today because I wanted to hear more about Clark, Clark Gillies because, I mean, being a Ranger fan, I just – I the only good thing about Clark Gillies was his number. He wore number nine. But other than that, <laughs> he tormented the Rangers. He was big. He was strong. Uh, for that time, he was pretty fast too. Uh, but Butch Goring was on, and he told a story when he got first traded from the Kings to the Islanders. Clark Gillies went up to him and says, don't worry about anybody doing anything to you. We got you. And Clark, and Butch Goring took that as, okay, I, I could be me. And Butch Goring was him, himself, and the Islanders won four straight Stanley Cups. And Butch Goring never had to worry about a shift on the ice because uh, Clark Gillies uh, was on the ice. And he also told a story about when Gillies beat the daylights out of Dave Schultz in Philly in front of the Flyers bench. And that was kind of like a turning point for the Islanders. So 
he was he was well loved on and off the ice. I mean, funny guy. Uh, I mean, a big imposing figure, but a teddy bear off the ice. And, you know, speaking of off the ice, people said, you know, he, he made his home on Long Island after uh, he retired and almost every charitable charitable event had some sort of connection to him. Well, it wasn't just after he retired. He, he stopped going back to Moose Jaw when he was drafted by the Islanders and played for the Islanders. So he, he spent a long time on the island and he was a fixture. Like you said, at every charitable event, he was there and he wasn't just there to lend his name. He was there. He was shaking hands. He was talking to people. And everybody said when he met you, you felt like you knew him forever and he knew you forever. Yeah, I hear you. It was, uh, it was sad news indeed. And, and, you know, 67 is not that old. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have the big six. Oh, uh, in just a month or so <laughs> less than a month now. So, um, it, it's, uh, it kind of puts things into perspective that you just never know. And with the COVID times and things like that right now, um, you just never know. So thoughts and prayers go out to the Islander family, all of the NHL, of course, the Gillies family and all of his friends and associates. And I'm sure there were hundreds, thousands probably that he, he came across and touched. So I'm sure I am. sure. Um, no, no way to really get out of uh, transition out of something like that, but uh, it's something we have to do. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's dive into the AHL and find out what's going on at Pacific division. I, uh, I told you, I said, maybe we should just break it up. You do California. I'll do the rest. So, That's what we'll do. We'll come back. We'll go right down the division standings, and then you can jump in, and I'll give you the head start. You can start with Stockton first, if that's fair enough. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded Still got it Still got it Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. 
Learn more at circusports.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Serendi with you in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host is always, Rob Rothfarb from beautiful Southern California. Time to break down the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League. Rob, let's uh, let's run through the standings first. I'll, I'll give them out, and then I'll ask you for your opinion on it. And then we'll kind of just take a look at uh, each team. We'll alternate. Uh, you get a California team. I get a non-California team, and we'll talk about uh, the strengths maybe and weaknesses and who's doing what with what. Fair enough? Sounds good. Okay. Well, uh, as we sit right now, the Stockton Heat with a 735 winning percentage and 50 points, uh, 34 games played, uh, man, 23-7-3-1 is that mark. That, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and then you jump down to the Rain, who have a 726 winning percentage, and they've got 20 wins, six losses, uh, three overtime losses, and uh, two shootout losses, um, followed by the Eagles, who have jumped up to number three. Uh, with a 603 winning percentage, I don't think we need to go down the uh, records. I guess uh, I just wanted to get the first two that had uh, unbelievably low loss columns. Uh, Henderson Silver Knights uh, with a 597 winning percentage in fourth place. The Bakersfield Condors at 586, and in fifth place, uh, Abbotsford at number six with a 533 winning percentage. San Diego at 467 in seventh place. Tucson Roadrunners sliding a bit uh, as of late at 435 uh, winning percentage. And, of course, the San Jose Barracuda at number nine at a 426 winning percentage. So anything surprise you, Rob, this week? I know I ask you every week about it, but anything surprise you this week in the American Hockey League Pacific Division? Uh, Just a slow climb that the Colorado Eagles – keep doing it seems every week they're gaining a little bit of ground uh i mean stockton only had three games this week uh they played on the 19th the 21st and the 22nd and i had a one one and one week with an overtime loss to henderson uh so it just seems that you know they're leveling off i guess a, a little bit by just playing 500 for the week and you know uh colorado henderson trying to gain a little ground uh, Ontario, they play Ontario uh, a few times over the next week or so. They play them the 29th of January, then the 11th and 12th of February. Uh, so a lot of things could happen uh, at the top. Uh, I'm just surprised that Stockton and Ontario pretty much have been 1-2 all season long. Well, my thoughts on uh, why Colorado is, uh, is creeping up, if you look at the health now of the Avalanche and the strength of the Avalanche, a lot of uh, players that got some time um, playing with the Avalanche are now back with the, uh, with the Eagles. And I'm talking about guys like uh, Sampo Ranta. Um, I'm talking about guys like uh, Kiefer Sherwood, who's had some time up, just scored the other night, as a matter of fact. Um, and they're goaltenders. They uh, got Trent Miner and uh, Eustace Anunen, and uh, they've they've both been very very solid for them down the stretch. And then you got a defensive core that kind of jumps out and helps you out. So I think that's why the slow climb, Rob. I think the the health of the uh, Avalanche is making the Eagles roster stronger. Well, anytime you can get consistency with your roster, I think that's important. And you're right with Colorado. Avalanche getting healthy, the Eagles are going to have more consistency in their lineup day in and day out. Yeah, totally agree. Um, if you want to give a rundown, let's uh, let's talk about the Stockton Heat and how come they remain in first place and and, and at a ridiculous winning percentage of seven thirty five. Well, I'm going to go to two key points. One, goaltending. Always start with goaltending. And they've used have to. two guys, Dustin Wolf and Warner. They've used two guys all season long that's played the bulk of their minutes. Uh, so consistency in net. So they they haven't shuffled. And I'll talk about that on a couple other teams. Uh, Bakersfield, I believe, being one of them uh, with the Oilers problems in nets. Bakersfield's uh, goaltending has been a, uh, a merry-go-round. Uh, so 
that's the first thing. The goals, uh, Dustin Wolf is 930 save percentage, and that's a big part of uh, why Stockton's doing so well. And then you have the first line, Peltier, Phillips, and Gardwin, 33 points, 32 points, 31 points. So, and Peltier's in the top five, I believe, in the overall scoring uh, of the uh, AHL. So you have one strong line, and then their second line is also contributing. All have over uh, 13 or 14 points. So I think that you're getting consistent play from the top two lines, and goaltending is uh, being consistent for the Stockton uh, Heat. So I think, uh, and also, it doesn't seem like Calgary's had a lot of injuries. You want to talk about the injury front? So it seems like uh, the Stockton lineup has been consistent day in and day out. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, I'll jump in and take Colorado next. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of the guys that had a chance to play with the Avalanche are now back, and that's making the Eagles roster uh, seem a bit uh, stronger than than maybe you would uh, have seen them earlier in the year. So Dylan Sakura is still a guy. Uh, I watched him play an awful lot last year in Henderson. Uh, a great pickup by the Avalanche organization. I've had a chance to visit with him a couple of times. And uh, – He's just he's just turning it on for uh, for the uh, Colorado Eagles, and then you look at a guy uh, who was a top pick from uh, a few years ago in uh, Shane Bowers, um, playing really really well. Jason Megna playing well. Kiefer Sherbert, as I mentioned before, playing very well. And uh, Alex Bocage, the young kid uh, from Quebec, uh, playing really well. And Sample Ranta, who had his his taste uh, with the Avalanche, is also performing at a very high level, especially for the AHL level. These guys that get their taste rub in the NHL and then come back to the AHL, it's just got to be like, oh, yeah, we can do this, right? You would think you would think that it would be uh, – they would be a step quicker uh, when you get sent back down to the minors. Now, one thing that would be disconcerting to me with all this talent that the Eagles have is they're only a plus five in goals differential. To me, that's there's too many negatives, too many minuses. Dylan Secure is minus one. Kiefer Sherwood's minus one. I know it's only minus one, but still, you would think of those guys as being plus five, plus eight, because they're creating so much offense. Yeah, I think maybe it's just an attrition of 34 games. It's trying to, you know, it's probably a lot worse when they were losing early on in the year, and maybe it's just starting to balance out now. I, I can't say that for sure, but um, another uh, – uh, forward, a center that's just uh, been unbelievable from Scarborough, Ontario, is uh, Jean-Luc Foudy. Uh He's been just uh, he's just been red hot. Um, and then on the defensive end, I think the best pickup that they had all season long was Jordan Gross, who they got from the Coyotes organization. Played a lot in Tucson, and uh, I saw him play against the Roadrunners, and man, he was about as steady as it gets uh, on that blue line. And, and I mentioned earlier that the goaltenders, Trent Miner and Eustace uh, Anunin, um, both very, very solid. Anunin, 6'4", 205, which is your prototypical goalie right now in the NHL, right, at that height, uh, a Finnish player, but um, really coming into his own as well. So um, the Eagles are poised to continue that climb, and who knows if they can get up uh, to catch Stockton and Ontario, but they're not going away, I can tell you that right now. Well, the the biggest uh, battle will be the games played. Eagles and Heat both have played 34. The Rain and the Silver Knights have only played 31. Condor's 29. So we'll see again. We talked about it last week, how games in hand might be a detriment. Let's see how it is in the AHL and if the games in hand actually mean something. Because think about this, is that the Rain have three games in hand on the Heat. That's a total of six points. If they get all their points that there's that they can that's six points they move up ahead of the heat at 51 and then they'd be a full 10 points ahead of the eagles you know if, if the eagles had if they all got to the same amount of games played at 34 is what i'm saying so yeah we'll see yeah. we'll see how those games in hand play okay so speaking of the rain take them next let us know what uh what's got them into the number two position uh well they've had they've had a lot of guys up and down and I think part of what's helping them is the guys that have come back, like you were talking about with the Eagles, they're, they're taking it to the next level. Uh, but they're really led by two guys, uh, TJ Tynan and Martin Furk. Martin, in fact, Martin Furk had his first ever hat trick uh, in his career against Tucson in a 7-3 win on January 22nd. They went 2-1 in the week. Their only loss is a, was a shootout loss to Abbotsford. Uh, 
they swept Tucson. They've just been consistent, and I think that uh, their top line has been consistent. The only one that they're really missing uh, is Turcotte off their top line because Byfield wasn't on their team. He was He's played games, but it was more of a rehab stint and getting him back to, uh, to NHL level because he's back up with the big club. Uh, but I think that you have uh, depth at the center position with the Kings, and I think that's helped them a lot because uh, three of their top five or six scorers are their centers in T.J. Tynan, Jared Anderson, Dolan, and Gabriel Velarde. Uh, and all those guys spent a lot of time with the NHL players because they were part of the black and white game. Uh, so they played a lot of games with the NHL club, and I think that that's helped them with their ascension to the top uh, part of the uh, Pacific Division. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, next up for me will be the uh, Henderson Silver Knights, and they're kind of like the Colorado Eagles. They're on a slow climb. They uh, they were really hit hard by call-ups from, from the Vegas Golden Knights, and Vegas is not over it yet. Um, Jonas Ronberg is, uh, is in the lineup tonight or was in the lineup tonight um, for the Golden Knights. So they keep losing guys uh, that have to go up and fill the roster for the Golden Knights and whether they're dealing with uh, COVID or injuries or whatever it may be. But uh, when they're all together, the Henderson Silver Knights are are pretty talented and they have quite a bit of experience now. You're talking about guys like Jack Dugan, who's got a couple years under his belt. You look at Pavel Dorofeyev, uh, the big Russian, uh, has uh, now in his second year uh, with the Silver Knights. And Reed Duke, who's uh, the, the first ever, I, I guess, uh, Coyote or um, Golden Knight. And then you got guys like Paul Cotter and Ben Jones and Gage Quinney, guys that have all been around a little bit. And I think that's what's starting to move uh, them and them being the Henderson Silver Knights towards the top. Uh, the other thing is the goaltending. I mean, Dylan Ferguson, I still think, is one of the very best in the AHL. And um, he's he's been up and down, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, with the big club back. And then uh, I think that's maybe um, got him a little bit off his game at the AHL level is going back up and down like that. That, that could probably affect a goaltender more than a player. Oh, definitely. I think because goaltenders, you know, it's like a pitcher in baseball. You have your routine, and if you get off your routine, you don't play as much as you were playing. Uh, those things really – goaltenders need to play. Uh, I mean, everybody obviously needs to play, but goaltenders need to get into a groove. When you when you sit a game, play a game, sit a game, you don't get into a groove, and, and, you, and the angles and whatnot, you get off very easily. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The other thing that I think is worth mentioning – we haven't talked about it much, if at all, uh, on this show, but Manny Viveros, the head coach, uh, came out and was diagnosed with, uh, I believe, prostate cancer, some form of cancer, and he's been going through treatment, so he's been in and out uh, of the coaching circle. You know, the coaches stay in touch no matter what, whether they're in COVID protocol or whatever, but uh, I just don't know um, how hard that is on the team. I mean, you got that on your mind. Your coach is going through cancer treatments, and I just don't know if that's uh, having some effect on the team as well. But um, I think Henderson's another one that's just going to continue to climb. Uh, you know, can they go higher than four? I don't know. But um, there's going to be a battle down the stretch, Rob. There's no doubt about that. Well, they, they again, they have some games in hand. They have three games in hand on the Eagles and the Heat. And if they could take advantage of those games, you know, they'll be right up there. Uh, one thing that I didn't expect Henderson to have is goal scoring problems only 94 goals. And I say only because San Jose has 104. You, th you would think Henderson would has, have more firepower than, uh, and that could be just part of the uh, attrition that they've faced because of the injuries that the Silver Knights, I mean, the uh, Golden Knights have faced and the up and down call-ups that they've had. Uh, it will be an interesting second half. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with COVID. We'll see what happens, you know, with the call-ups because, you know, AH, the NHL is going to have that three-week stretch where they're going to be playing games uh, four times a week. So they may have call-ups uh, more than normal. So we'll see what happens in the second half of the uh, AHL Pacific Division because, you know, it could get topsy-turvy just by call-ups. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you got the Bakersfield Condors next, so jump in and tell us about the Condors, the defending champions of the Pacific Division from last season. Uh, what's going on with the Condors? I know they've only played 29 games. That might be the answer. Well, that that's the biggest thing that I see is that, again, 
you know, just like goaltenders, the players, they could only practice so much, and they seem to have lots of games postponed. They did have a 2 one week on the last uh, week. Wednesday, one nineteen. they uh, had a win versus Tucson, and these days, who doesn't beat Tucson? Uh, Saturday, one twenty two and one twenty three. they beat San Jose. Uh, actually, they split with San Jose in a home-and-home. Home. Uh, so they had a two-and-one week. Uh, they're getting good production from uh, Griffin, Marity, Cracknell. Uh, again, uh, center position for them. Brandon Malone, uh, one of the team leaders, one of the better players in last year's uh, Pacific Division playoffs. Uh, but you want to talk about the main reason I think that they're having – their issues is that they have four goaltenders and all guys have split the job. So not one has really stood out and taken the reins. It started with Stuart Skinner. We all know he was called up. Then it was Connor Volov. Then Oliver Rodrigo. Now it's Alex Daylock. So they don't have any consistent goaltending. And I think that's a big reason. The fact that they're 14-9 and 3 uh, and uh, 3, 14-9, 3-3, and three, I guess you could say, with the shootout loss. Uh no consistency with, with the gameplay and their goaltenders, no one's taking the reins and really stepping up. Well, one of the guys that I want to mention is uh, I got a real good connection to the Vegas Golden Knights, and I would guess Henderson Silver Knights is Graham McPhee, the uh, son of George McPhee, who uh, is getting some playing time now. Um, hasn't really been you know, that impressive as far as putting up point totals, but he's still a young man and still getting some opportunities and watch out for Graham McPhee um, down the stretch, because I think the, the more that he gets uh, playing time, the, the more you're going to see him start to capitalize on that. You brought up Brad Malone, the long time, and I mean long time <laughs> uh, player from, from the university of North Dakota, who just, I believe this, this last week, uh, Rob signed a contract with the Edmonton Oilers to go up and play with the Oilers. And uh, all the years that he spent in the minor leagues, and there's a lot of them, yes. to finally get a chance to play in the NHL, uh, I'm just so happy for Brad. I thought he did a fantastic job of, of leading the Condors last year. And I wonder how much that's going to affect. If he ends up staying up with the Oilers, how much it's going to have an effect on the Condors just losing his leadership. Well, it will have to be other guys stepping up, but I agree 100%. He was such a bit integral part of the team last year uh, when they went through the Pacific Division playoffs. Uh, he's a heart and soul. Him along with Adam Cracknell, uh, big-time uh, players for the Condors and guys that they that the other youngsters look to to really lead the team. When the team's struggling, who do they go to? Adam Cracknell, Seth Griffin, that type of stuff. So, you know, it's – a guy like uh, Graham McPhee would be a welcome addition to the Condors. So it'd be a younger player taking some of the pressure off the older players. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Okay. It looks like I get Abbotsford next. So uh, I think Abbotsford has kind of been a surprise. I, I didn't really expect much from them. I don't know why I, I should have probably, but um, you look at the roster, Rob, and you don't really see any household names, if you will, even for the AHL. Nobody that really jumps out at you and you say, wow, uh, I, I know that guy. Um, <laughs> but yet they continue to play some pretty decent hockey. And if they can go on a run, um, who's to say that Abbotsford, who's uh, only played 30 games as well, can't make a climb up the ladder. They're at a 533 clip right now. Um, they got some solid goaltending. That doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, so uh, I just think Abbotsford might be the surprise of the entire roster or lineup. Uh, I think you're uh, right. I think please. you might be right. That everybody, division. That's what I'm trying to say, the division. You know, everybody focused on, you know, Henderson and Silver Knights because the Golden Knights, you know, were going to be a competitive team in the NHL. So they, everybody figured, hey, Henderson will have some uh, stability there. The Eagles will have stability because the Avalanche have stability. That's not been the case. So Abbotsford, with the stability of uh, and you know the Canucks, you know plodding along in the Pacific Division uh, in the NHL, really hasn't affected Abbotsford too much, and they're they're able to get some consistency on the ice. Like you said, they have some games in hand, and I think right now they're just really trying to play for some seating and maybe play some uh, middle uh, of the pack teams rather than play one of the top two teams in the division in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm going to tell you right now that it all starts at the top um, with them, with Ryan Johnson, the general manager. I thought um, being a, a North Dakota player uh, that I've seen play a number of years and now being a young general manager, I think he's really got things under control. And at Trent call it the head coaching position is stabilized. Uh, that, especially when they just moved into Abbotsford and they dealt with the floods up there and all those different things, COVID and uh, crossing the border and all those different things. I mean, they are right on the border, so I'm sure it's got to be just uh, craziness for them. And, of course, Jeff Almer, who we've had on the show as an assistant coach, um, I-, I know what Jeff can do. He's an unbelievable skill development. And guess what the, uh, the AHL is all about? Skill development. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I know he's enjoy he's enjoying his time in, in Abbotsford. Uh, I see some posts on uh, social media uh, with him and his wife and, and uh, I believe they have a puppy and a little and a little girl, two girls, two girls. And yeah. uh, so I see the posts, uh, you know, they seem happy there. <laughs> yeah, I believe they are. Okay, you get the San Diego Gulls and tell me why the heck the San Diego Gulls are in seventh place in the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League. Uh, that is the million dollar question. I, I think they're the biggest surprise and, and probably the biggest disappointment, uh, because they've really had their guys, uh, they, the ducks took up their guys who they wanted to, uh, and they're getting production, but, but nothing like the guys that left the club to go up to the big club. Uh, they're just not getting a lot of scoring right now. I think that's their biggest issue right now. Uh, I mean, they only have 80 goals on the season. 97 given up so for a minus 17. Uh, I can't, I don't know if you really could call it the goaltending's fault. Uh, they're just, their scoring is so down. And I think part of it is, is that all their scores went to the big club. Yep. I think you're probably right there. And, uh, that's why the Anaheim Ducks for, uh, for a good part of the first half of the NHL season, were uh, were playing so solid. Uh, one of the unique things about San Diego, which uh, <laughs> is weird, it's weird in this hockey world. But Lucas Elvinez is on the the Gulls roster. Um, he wanted to go back to Sweden. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights um, put him on waivers with the purpose of letting him go back to uh, Sweden. And lo and behold, the San Diego Gulls picked him up. <laughs> so now he's with with the opponent, if you will, for, from Henderson. He's now with San Diego, and he's still on the roster and still playing. So uh, Sweden didn't materialize for Lucas, and uh, I don't know where that goes or, or how long it's going to go on for that direction. But uh, the other thing is uh, they have a few household names, if you will, but their goaltending, Rob, is, is uh, you know, Unknown, basically, right? Well, the the last five starts have been by Francois Mar- Marotti, and he's a rookie making his first career starts. Uh, and it's been up and down. He lost his first two, won the next three. And then uh, what did he do? He lost his first game, won the next two, three, and then lost the next two. So very streaky goaltender. But he made a lot of saves in those because he faced a lot of shots. Uh, but again – when the San Diego Gulls are, you know, struggling scoring, you know, four two games be, become difficult at times. Uh, they had a two and two week. The San Diego Gulls. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long climb, uh, just because of the goal scoring aspect. That every game seems to be a one goal or two goal game. Yeah, for sure. And as we mentioned before, um, a little bit of a slump for the uh, Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, I I hope I didn't start it. Uh, otherwise, Steve Pothman's just going to kick me in the head. But I finally got a chance to watch them play, and I watched them play Colorado. And I commented watching that Saturday night game a couple of weeks ago about um, these two teams really don't like each other. I mean, it was physical, and there were a couple of fights in the opening period, and, and it was really tight. And uh, I think Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, swept them on a Saturday-Sunday in Tucson. And since that point, the Roadrunners fed problems. And um, – once again, we talk about the Roadrunners and the parent club, the Coyotes. So many guys going back and forth, getting their shots and things like that. But um, and when you look at the at the Roadrunners roster, two names that jump out to me offensively: uh, Matthias Maselli, uh, the young kid who uh, is uh, a top draft pick and a really good player, a Finnish player, 
and uh, Jan Yannick, who is from the Czech Republic, or Czechia, Czechia, is that what we call it now? <laughs> yeah. uh, Jan Yannick is, is uh, a player that's – he's right on the border of making the NHL. Um, of course, we also mentioned uh, Imama, who was uh, involved in the uh, the racial uh, incident, and uh, he's a tough guy. He can play as well. So uh, that's the standouts there. When you look at them defensively, the Coyotes, again, up and down with Victor Soderstrom, who was one of their top picks a few years ago, uh, the Swedish defenseman who uh, is just trying to trying to get all of uh, the experience of North American hockey sucked in and uh, use that to propel him to an NHL career, which we know is coming. Um, in goal, um, <laughs> I don't know why these guys aren't better. I mean, they both should be better goaltenders and have better records than they have. But Ivan Prostovev, uh, the big Russian, uh, spent some time with the Coyotes as well. Um, he's been playing better, but, uh, you know, I, I just think he should be better at the AHL level. Maybe he's got too much focus on the NHL. I don't know. At an eight ninety two per save percentage, not very good. If you if you're under nine ten nine twenty, you know that's that's not very good. And and the three point three eight goals against. I know the AHL could have uh, could be a scoring league at times, but if you're going to be the number one guy, you've got to be the number one guy. And he's not showing that at eight nine and, uh, and two. He he's not showing that he that he's taking the reins and wants to be the number one guy. Maybe he's maybe he's too big for the uh, for the Nets in Tucson, but uh, he's <laughs> I, stopping. I, up. I, Rob, I think what it is is he he's up and down with the Coyotes. He's on the practice squad. He's on the taxi squad. He's uh, back up. He plays a game for the for the Coyotes, and he looks good. Maybe his focus just isn't there. Well, that, that could make sense. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of goaltenders that you know, if if for the instance they're not a number one goalie and they're backup. They sulk, and you know, unless the goal, this number one goalie gets hurt and they get a chance to play a lot, they don't play as well as they they're capable. Maybe he's that type that he can't handle the the uh, inconsistencies of a season. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's strange because a year ago, Rob, uh, you could look at the Coyotes organization and say if there was one thing that they had, it was strength and goal. Yes, they had uh, they had Auntie Ranta, they had uh, Darcy Kemper, they had uh, Aiden Hill. They had uh, Ivan Prostovev. Right. I mean, there's four really solid goaltenders. Um, and now it looks like they're struggling all the way across the board. Of course, Coyote's got Vimelka, but, um, you know, the, their depth just seems to be hurting. Well, it seems like that in a lot on a lot of teams that, that the depth and goal is not what it seemed to be even a few years ago. So when you get your opportunity right now, it's like you have to take advantage of it and what they – trying times that we're in with the COVID and starting, stopping and games being canceled, especially at the AHL level, being called up to a taxi squad, which was never around a couple of years ago. You know, it's a different NHL. And I guess you just have to get used to that new NHL right now. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. The ninth rated team ranked team in the Pacific division of the American hockey league, the San Jose Barracuda is all yours. What the heck? How is San Jose down at the very bottom? They're not well, supposed to be there. Well, that's that's at winning percentage. They're actually at 29 points. But the problem is they played 34 games. This is one of those situations where two things stand out. One, they've played as many games as the lead, a lot of the teams uh, that are leading. So they're not going to make up any points in, in that way. And their goaltending. Uh, their goaltending, Alexei Malenchuk, has not been solid. At three, four, five goals against average is not going to get it done in, in the AHL or the NHL or any level. Uh, so it starts with, with their goaltending. And then, you know, that team, the, the parent club has been in flux with the whole Van the Kane thing, then Van the Kane getting sent down to the Barracuda. Now the Barracuda have to deal with this incident that they just had uh, with one of their players. So it's just been a year to forget about in the market of San Jose, I just think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And, of course, uh, two passionate brothers uh, on the roster there, um, the one that was supposed to be the star and a rising star, Brinson, suffering from uh, some health issues, and I don't think he's played a game. No, I haven't uh, seen season. him or heard him all season long. Uh, I don't see him on the stat sheet. And, of course, his brother Steen, who I thought would still be, and I still think he could be the fastest on the rise um, for for the uh, 
Barracuda to get a shot at the NHL team, maybe. Uh, he's played 11 games, um, but but he's a big, strong player that's a great penalty killer and and uh, really good leader. Both of them really good leaders. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, I think you're right. The Barracuda are just uh, – it might just not be their year. And uh, you look at their goaltenders, um, goaltenders aren't particularly uh, solid either. No, that's I. That's one of the things I, I let off with is that they have not been getting any type of goaltending uh, that they used to. You know, San Jose is another team that always seem to have some solid goaltending, but now you know now it's such a, in flux that they that nobody seems to want to stop anything. An eight seventy eight save percentage from Alexei Milanchuk, like, like I said, three four five goals against seven eight and one. It's not going to get it done. You you can't be you can't be a top goaltender, and the only problem is is that you know right now if you if they do too well maybe they're getting called up by the sharks. Yeah, you're probably right there. So let's look at the overall goaltending and uh, and see if there's some names that jump in from the AHL. Dustin Wolf, you mentioned number two in the league from Stockton, two point one zero goals against uh, a nine thirty save percentage. That is really stellar, right? Yes, that that is the type of backstopping that will lead a first place team. Oh, where is Stockton? Yes, in first place. <laughs> and, and and number four, number four in the AHL standings at goaltender, Joey Decord, two point one eight, uh, and a nine twenty five save percentage. And like I said, he's like been on a yo yo. I hope he's getting all the miles he's getting for a frequent flyer because he's been going from Carolina to Seattle. Is there any? I guess playing in Florida, but. Um, that's quite a trip from Carolina to uh, Seattle uh, to play with the Kraken. So Joey's been back and forth, but still in the number four spot in AHL goaltenders. And, and he's a good one. There's no doubt about that, but um, he may be rating Coachella Valley next year. I hope so. Like I said, I'll drive out to Palm Springs and and the Coachella Valley to go see Joey play uh, because you know, you're going to get a hundred percent effort from him every night. And you know, he's going to uh, make a lot of saves. Uh, may let in the occasional bad one, but you know what? I'll take I'll take forty nine out of fifty saves. Yeah, I hear you. And, and the other thing with uh, with Joey is he, every time he gets called up, it seems like by Seattle, it's against a top team. I don't know <laughs> if he came up against maybe his old team, the Senators, or maybe <laughs> Montreal, or maybe the Coyotes, and got to face them. Maybe he'd get comfortable and, and wouldn't give the spot up. But when you bring him up and you say, "Hey, Joey, guess what? You're going to play Florida tonight." Um, <laughs> well, you get the Rangers when they come through, or you get uh, Tampa Bay, uh, whoever it may be. I just think it's been a bit of a struggle for him uh, with the competition that he's gotten, and we know that the Kraken are, uh, you know. A, a new franchise and maybe it's taken a little while to get everything together for them. But um, number 14 in the goaltender ranks, Logan Thompson from the uh, Henderson Silver Knights, 262 goals against average and a 928 save. Um, Logan, the, the best goaltender in the league last year. And and he's, you know what? He's played well when he's been called up and playing, uh, getting the opportunity for the Golden Knights. He, he's a good goal, young goaltender. We knew about him last year. He, he stood out in the uh, Pacific Division playoffs. Uh, but, you know, he needs offense around him. And, you know, up at the big club, he's going to get it. Yeah, for sure. Number 17 uh, from the uh, Colorado Eagles, Eustace Anunin, uh is getting a chance to uh, make his mark now. He's getting a lot of playing time uh, for the Eagles. 273 goals against, uh, 904 save percentage. Um, number 17 overall, not too shabby, but um, so I think, you know, I think that's uh, – that's kind of you look at it. The top goaltender leaves from Chicago. Guess where Chicago is, Rob? Uh, maybe first place. <laughs> yeah, not maybe they are. <laughs> well, they, have, they have two guys. They have two guys. That yeah, they do. they do. And that just shows you one's a nine sixteen save percentage, one's a nine twenty two, nine ten and above. You're going to be competing for a division title, and Chicago is, uh, Stockton is. So you you see all these teams uh, with good goaltending. Usually it's backstopped by a good record. Okay, and we look at the uh, the number one um, point getter to this point in the AHL, another Chicago player, um, Andrew Porcheleski. And uh, 
but right behind him, well, not right behind him, because he's got a, a nine-point lead on, on the next closest is T.J. Tynan. And T.J. was uh, plays for Ontario now, but once again played for the Eagles. So there's been a lot of switching going on between teams, particularly in the Pacific Division. Well, you get comfortable out west, you get comfortable playing in a division, and, you know, you see that quite often in other sports and in other leagues where they stick within their division and they because they get comfortable, they know it, uh, they know the players inside and out from the division. It's just a matter of learning the new system of the team you're joining. So it's just, I think it's a comfort level. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, do you happen to know who's number four from the Ontario? Uh, My Mar- favorite name in hockey? Martin Furk. And you see <laughs> the top four, top four are guys that, uh, that are on teams that are in comp- competition for the t- league title. You know, for not only for the uh, division title, but a league title in Chicago and Ontario. Uh, I mean, Chicago's been on fire lately. And what do they, would you say they have 52 points? I believe so. I uh, would have to look it up. But yeah, 50, 52 points. And, you know, you, you look at the team that was leading Utica, uh, they were leading the whole thing uh, for the most part. You know, they don't have, they just have consistency across the board with their scoring because they don't have anybody that really stands out. I mean, do you see anybody that really stands out for, for Utica? No, I really don't. It, it must be a balanced attack is all I can say. I haven't had a chance to see them play, obviously. But um, here's the interesting thing, Rob, from the Pacific Division. Uh, numbers 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and then there's a Utica player, um, are all from the Pacific Division. Three Stockton, one Tucson, one Bakersfield. Um that tells you there's some pretty solid play going on. Oh, absolutely. And you look at the one line from uh, Stockton with uh, Peltier, uh, Phillips, and Godwin. <laughs> you know. Hello, 33, 32, and 31. Yeah, 10, 10, 13, and 14, you know, from one line. Just shows you how much scoring that team has. <laughs> and I want to throw out number 16 because uh, this is a guy that I, I – Surprised he's in the American Hockey League. I thought he would be with Nashville. Um, Rocco Grimaldi uh, playing with the Milwaukee Admirals right now. And um, boy, he's just a goal scorer. When it, he's played 24 games, 17 goals, 13 assists. He's just too good for the AHL. Um, not sure it, why the uh, Nashville Predators don't have him up there, but um, keep your eye on Rock, Rocco Grimaldi. He was also the player of the week, the forward of the week, I think, uh, in the AHL if I'm not mistaken. So lots of good stuff going on in the AHL. We're going to continue to focus on it. We're going to continue to bring you uh, as much as we can from the Pacific Division. Um, And the big news again, coming right out of Coachella Valley, uh, that there's a a camera now that Rob found that's on the sites. You can see the arena going up. Uh, The uniforms have been announced. Um, The players are getting ready and cracking. We'll have uh, their affiliate just down the coast. Yes, CoachellaValleyArena.com if you want to keep track of the arena being built and seeing the progress and getting updates, more updates than we had in a long time, but it's a very good update uh, with the announcement. There also uh, is something going on on Wednesday. Uh, I think I think the arena, the Coachella Valley Arena is being named. I think the naming rights have been sold, and I think they're announcing that on Wednesday. Ah, big news, big news. Uh, and we'll keep track of the Pacific Division. Like I said, right now, quickly again, Stockton at Ton Top, uh, the Rain, followed by the Eagles, Silver Knights, Condors, Canucks, Gulls, Roadrunners, and Barracuda. We'll see where they're all at next week when we, uh, you come back and join us again for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, if you don't have anything else, or is there anything else that we missed, Rob, that you want to touch on? Um, we got a minute or two. Not in the AHL, but I wanted to mention that Keith Yandel tonight tied Doug Jarvis. Oh, yeah. Mark of 964 games played. Can set the mark versus the Islanders on Tuesday, 125. And the other thing is, again, we talked about it earlier, but Canucks hire that for the team's first female assistant GM, Emily Castellanaguay, 37-year-old that had been an agent since 2016, and if I put you her name, I apologize, represented Alexei Lafreniere, Antoine Roussel, and Cedric Priquette. Yeah, that tells you there's a lot of agents that are starting to make the move, which, I mean, uh, we saw Kent Hughes get hired in uh, in Montreal and um, a former agent there, but 
maybe that salary cap stuff is is making uh, making teams start to look that way. Uh, I, I, it's seems like a natural progression in other sports as well that you go from being an agent to a GM. I guess because you deal so much with uh, negotiations with GMs, you kind of feel like you know the job. I don't know. It's just interesting that agent to GM is like the hot new uh, job transfer. Yeah, and one more thing about Keith Yandel. Uh, just think about Keith Yandel, a defenseman playing 964 games. Uh, they were talking about it on the uh, NHL Network today, and they're going like, you know, uh, one time he got hit in the face, and uh, he lost nine teeth and had a broken jaw and had uh, oral surgery and came back two days later to play and kept the streak going. And uh, one of the guys was saying, uh, my oral surgeon, I told him about it, and he goes, yeah, he didn't come to my office. There's no way he'd have been playing if he'd been in my office. Well, so you talk about that, and then you talk about COVID. Uh, 70% of the NHL has tested positive at one point or another, and Keith Yandel has, has managed to avoid that. And knock on wood, he's got one more day to go before he gets that, that record all to himself at 965. So sleep well, Keith Yandel, and stay out of any harm's way. Exactly. And the, other, the one note about Doug Jarvis's mark, is that once his streak was broken of 964 games, never played again. That was his last and final game, that 964th game. So Keith Yandel will continue to play into his 965 and, and beyond, and it won't be his, hopefully, last games. Yeah, for sure. And I was just going to take a quick look at Phil Kessel because he's right behind him. 940s, I want to say. Yeah, and if Phil Kessel can continue to keep his streak going, yes. um, there's a really good chance that he could – uh, and well, I guess he couldn't pass him unless Keith Yandel doesn't play. But they were talking about Yandel and his agent said, uh, do you want to be the guy that healthy scratches him? <laughs> well, you know what? They did it in New York with Eli Manning, so it could happen to anybody, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I hope, I hope you're right. Uh, but, yeah, it's 940 that Phil Kessel has. And uh, the, the, Yandel has the longest consecutive game streak played by a defenseman which was Jaden Bowmeister's streak uh, when it was 737, but obviously now at 964, he's more than past that. And we'll have the overall record uh, come Tuesday, January 25th, when he breaks Doug Jarvis's mark. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Absolutely it unbelievable. Is. So is. congratulations to Keith Yandel. Again, our condolences on the loss of uh, Clark Gillies, the, uh, the longtime captain, and uh, just overall stud for the uh, long uh, – the New York Islanders. I almost call them the Long Island Islanders. Uh, that wouldn't have been good. Anyway, uh, if you don't have anything else, Rob, take it away. We'll say goodnight. All right. From the Summer Skate Studios, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Drury Inn and Suites. Drury Plaza, Lake Buena Vista, the newest official Disney World hotel, is booking now for stays starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership. See one of our stores for details. By Summerskates, whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player, show off your game and style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. No one knows goalies' needs better than we do. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where our food sums up one word, perfection. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota, our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins, works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs, new or pre-owned. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at jetspizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. 
Very well done, my friend. And we'll ask everybody to uh, join us tomorrow night for another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. And, of course, Wednesday night, Stephen Marsh and myself will join you with uh, the newest podcast, well, the newest name. How about that? The Great West College Hockey Podcast. As uh, we got rid of the name club, we didn't like it. We thought it was time to get rid of it. And tomorrow night we bring on the uh, head coach from the number three team in all of ACHA hockey, Liberty and Kirk Candy. So we'll talk to him on Wednesday night. Good night, everybody. Good night.